Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I'd like to encourage all of you to subscribe to the YouTube. And listen to the sermon. On Friday night after the class, somebody asked me, Pastor Lau, why do you make so many sermons? Why do you keep producing sermons and put it on YouTube? I tell you the truth. The reason I did it, because God loves you. God really worked in my heart. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. I've been living in America since 1985. And I have noticed that so many Christians in America are weak, defeated, and failed. And the reason because, number one, they lack the Word of God. They don't know the Word. Two, they lack the Holy Spirit. So I do my part to produce the teaching so that you can get soaked into the Word. You can learn different subjects in the Word. Some sermons are long. Some sermons are two minutes. Some are 15 minutes, whatever. But... If you feed yourself with the Word of God all the time, you will be so strong. You will be successful and prosperous because that's what the Bible says. When you get the Word, you practice the Word, you will be successful. So I would like to really encourage you. Your pastor already working so hard to produce. Today the subject is so important. How many people want God to open the window of heaven and pour His blessing on you? How many people want the blessing so much that you don't have enough room to keep it? Wow. You want the blessing? Okay. I believe you want the blessing. This is a long sermon. That's why I teach right away. But I believe it's one of the most important keys to your success and prosperity. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, in New King James Version, the Bible says, You also are living stones, are being built up, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we were made to be kings and priests unto Jesus. We are the king because we have authority to command sickness and disease, to command the evil things out of our life. We are king, we have authority. We are priests. What did the priests do in the Old Testament? And what do the priests do today? We, one of the jobs that as the priests of God is to give offering to the Lord. Now, before I go on, I want to say one thing. That our walk with God is about covenant. And it's about two sides of the story. God's side and our side. God's side is that He make a promise to us. He loves us. And he will fulfill his promise. He is able to, he's powerful, and he is very faithful. He will do what he says. But our side is that we need to do what he says. And that's why a lot of covenant and promises of God start with the word if. If, it means if you do your part, God will do his part. If you're rebellious, stubborn, hard-headed, and stiff-necked, and you say, I'm going to do what I want. I don't care. And you can cry now to God for grace and grace. It will not happen because he is just. He has the right not to fulfill his promise. 
because you don't do your part. That's why Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 say, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient. How about on the opposite side? If we are stubborn, rebellious, hard-hearted, or stiff-necked, and we don't want to obey God, what happened? Psalm chapter 68, verse 6, at the end of the scripture say, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. So it's your choice whether you want to be willing and obedient and eat the good of the land, or you want to live in a dry land. Because God is just, in fact, a lot of people misunderstand the word grace. They think grace means I can do whatever I want, I can sin against God, and God's going to give good things to me anyway. No, grace means power to do the right thing. God gives you the power by the Holy Spirit to obey the Lord. So I don't want to live in the empty and dry land. I want to obey the Lord. So in order to understand this teaching, you need to understand this part that we need to do our part in receiving the open window of heaven over us. In the New Testament, we are spiritual priesthood. We are the one who give offering to God. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament priests spend a lot of time, use a lot of energy, and work hard to give offering to God. But today, we also are priests unto the Lord, and we give offering to God. When you give offering to somebody, that person can say, yes, it's pleasing to me. This is acceptable to me. I will keep it. Or they look at the offering and say, oh, I don't want this. I don't like this at all. So the receiver can say no. The person who give try to push in, but the receiver say, no, I don't want this at all. The Bible talks about spiritual offering, but actually the spiritual offering is working in the natural realm. What does it mean? We give time in the natural realm. We give finances, we give strength, energy. We open home, we use the car, gasoline, to give him as a spiritual offering. What does spiritual offering mean? Spiritual offering doesn't mean we cut off the natural. We still do the natural thing. But spiritual offering means this way. Number one, we give from our heart. No one forces. Willingly, joyfully, with a thankful heart, by faith, and in love, and by the direction of the Holy Spirit. Okay, listen one more time. Give offering by the heart, by faith, in love, with a thankful heart, joyfully, and thankfully, and also from the direction of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, when we give to the Lord like that, the Lord will bless us. The Lord will make us strong and blessed so that we can be the blessing to the nations. I pray that you learn how to give spiritual offering to the Lord that is acceptable and pleasing to the Lord so that he will receive the offering from you. How many people want to please God? How many people want to be acceptable by God? I want to be acceptable by God. Amen? So that's why we learned this lesson, how to do it. We are not just talking about money. We are talking about everything. Time, service, help, gift, talent, home, car, everything that we give to the Lord. We should give to Him willingly and freely, not under compulsion, not out of guilt, 
and shame, not because somebody forced us to do. In New Hope International Church, we never have the idea or the plan to make anybody feel guilty to give to God, because God will not accept your offering if you give out of guilt. You need to give out of willingness and joyfully. Malachi chapter three verse eight: Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. Oh, that's serious. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Let's look at verse 10 to 12. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Food in my house. The house of God, the church. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you, he said, test me, try me. If I will not open for you the windows of heavens and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. This scripture is not talking about only bank account or money in the bank or your stock market or a land or houses. Talking about health too. Talking about relationship in your home. All the blessing in your life, not just only financial blessing. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the wife fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Your business will be successful. Your work is going to be good. Say the Lord of hosts, and all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. This scripture says clearly that 10% of our income belongs to the Lord. And if we don't give back to Him, we rob Him. Basically, we rob God. I don't want to rob God because I don't want to get into trouble. But many people think that tithes and offering, the issue of tithing, is in the law of Moses. When Moses left the Egypt, no, actually, Abraham before Moses, he tied. Jacob tied to the Lord. I shared the story in the last sermon many months ago that Jacob was a young man. He had to leave his home, leave his mom and dad because he made mistakes. He lied. He left as a young man with a small backpack with a rod in his hand. He walked out of the house. Then God appeared to him and said, Jacob, I will take care of you. I promise you that I would take you back to your hometown and you will meet your dad and your mom again. It looked impossible because he's going to be killed by his brother if he go back. But that is the promise from God. Look at what happened to Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, verses 20. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today so you know that this teaching is not from my own idea. Genesis chapter 28, verses 20 on. Then Jacob made a vow, everyone say a vow, saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, in victory, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me, you give me, I will surely 
give a tenth tithing, tenth to you. This scripture show a picture of covenant. Somebody make serious commitment to God. God, I commit to you. If I tie to you, you will take care of me. You will provide for me, clothe for me. You will help me, and eventually, I'm gonna come back home to meet my daddy and my mommy. It's a vow. It's a commitment. It's a covenant. The promise between two person. God say, "I take care of you." Jacob say, "I give tie to you. I will show to you that I love you more than anything else." Do you know what happened? Many years later, God kept His promise because Jacob was a tither. He is a committed, faithful tither. He came back home as a rich man. He came back with a lot of herds of livestock, sheep, camels. He had many children and also hundreds of employees. And he was a wealthy man at the end when he came back to his dad's house. Did God do what He said? Yes. Did Jacob do what He said? Yes. It's a covenant between two persons. You can see here that tithing is about covenant. You take care of me. I give you what belongs to you, because I know that the ten percent of my income. Is your portion? Is the holy portion? Is not my money? I'm gonna give it back to you. One of the reasons that people don't give tithe to God is that God, I'm sorry, this money that come into my hand, this paycheck, is my energy. I lose sleep. I work for it. It's my money. And God, I see the value of this money. I'm not gonna give to you. I'm gonna keep this money with me. It's the sweating that I work for. Therefore, I'm gonna spend this money for myself. It is very precious to me. I'm gonna do whatever I want. Get out of here, God. I'm not gonna give to you. This is the big problem. The big problem because those people who think this way don't know that that money comes from God. All the income that you receive come from the Lord. If the Lord allows you to be hit by a car and you become paralyzed or something, you cannot work. But because God allowed you to have a job, God has brought you to America. God has brought to you customer. Therefore, our attitude should be this way: I'm not my own source. You are my source. I know you will lead me, guide me. You will take care of me. I will have clothes to wear. I will have food on the table because you provide for me. You are my source. You will guide me to meet the right people. My boss gonna like me. You gonna work in the heart of my boss to give me promotion and raise. I don't need to cheat anybody. I don't need to lie. I don't need to corrupt. I don't need to come with the scheme to steal somebody because I know God. You are my source. And now when I get this. I'm gonna return to you your portion because 10% of my income belongs to you. It is not mine. I know you are the source of my life, and when I served you, when I give back to you, you're gonna give me enough to pay bills, can pay gas, buy the house, to do everything that you call me to do. 
You are my source. Everyone say, God is my source. Amen. Is God your source? Can I hear louder? <laughs> I know for sure God is my source. I know for sure. I remember I moved to a small town in east side of Thailand. When I moved there, I did not have any patience because I was a young man. No one knew me. But in the same time, a few months later, I decided to give Thai to God. Out of my income from the government and pastor that worked for the bank, we give 10% to God. Boom, within a few weeks, my clinic was filled with patients. The income increased to about, what, 60 times of my original income. It's so clear. God brought those patients to me, and God performed so many miracles on my patients that they spread the new house, go to see this guy, Dr. Varun. He not only operates on us, but he can pray to God, and God heal us. You can see God is faithful in providing. God is our source. And don't think this way. I get this money out of my own strength. I do it myself. I'm so smart. All of this come because of me. You need to think this way. God is my source. Amen? Again, the argument about tithing is that many believers argue that tithing is in only the time of the law of Moses in the book of Exodus, book of Deuteronomy. Actually, tithing happened before Moses, during Abraham and Jacob time, during the time of the law of Moses, and during the New Testament time. Today, I'm going to read you scripture and explain to you about tithing in detail. Give me some time. Please be patient with me. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 says, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belong to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. Okay, we have two choices as Christians. We're going to receive opinion from man or we're going to receive the truth from the Bible. I make a decision to walk with the truth in the Bible. I don't walk by the opinions of man. I'm going to check with the Bible. So this is in the Bible. The Bible says that 10% of our income belongs to God. It's holy to the Lord. It's not ours. And we should give to Him joyfully. Look at the New King James Version. The Bible says that's the first one, New Living Translation. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Does 10% belong to God? Can I hear? Yes. Oh, so hesitant. Okay. It belongs to the Lord. If you keep it, you steal from Him. You're going to have trouble with Him. Leviticus chapter 27, 31 to 33. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes. He shall add one-fifth to it. I'm going to explain this. And concerning the tithe of the herd of the flock, of whatever passes under the rod, the ten, one shall be holy to the Lord. He shall not 
inquire whether it is good or bad, nor shall he exchange it. And if he exchanges it at all, then both it and the one exchanged for it, wow, this is serious, shall be holy, it shall not be redeemed. What does this passage of Scripture say? The wealth in that generation is not cash dollars. The wealth of those people are the bulls, the herds, the lambs, or the sheep. So the shepherd have a rod. See the picture of the rod there. And the shepherd will allow the sheep to pass through a narrow path and use the rod to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Put in here. Set apart. Next, one, two, three, four, and number ten. Put it somewhere else. And whether that sheep is beautiful or not beautiful, it doesn't matter. But it's number ten. And the owner or the shepherd will put all this, the tenth of the flock to the temple and give them to the priests so that the temple will have money to spend for the ministry or for the work of God. If the shepherd, if the owner say, I want that sheep back because it's so beautiful. I like that one. Can I buy it back? The priest say, yes, you can, but you have to pay 20% more of what it's worth, the value. If the value is $100, you can buy back, but you pay $120. Give to the temple. That is the law here. It means that every tenth part of the flock belongs to God. You need to understand is this is a difference between tithe and first fruit. First fruit is something that comes out the best and you give to God. Yesterday I have a long discussion with Pastor Da and because at that time Pastor Da did not know the Bible. Pastor Da did not understand about first fruit, never studied the Bible. She told me when she got the first paycheck after she graduated from university, she went to work in a company. She got the first paycheck. She gave the first month paycheck to her parents, the whole thing. You raised me up, I want to bless you. That is first fruit. But tithe is different. Tithe, every ten, the ten one, separate out whether good or bad, whether broken leg or not broken leg, or nice, cheap, the ten one have to be for the Lord. That is the tithe. Every ten one have to be given to the Lord. And tithing is before the law because both Abraham and Jacob tithe to the Lord. Now, look at the New Testament. The New Testament also talk about tithing as well. Now we are living in a New Testament time. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 20. Is this a New Testament, Hebrew? Okay, Hebrew is a New Testament. Where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The book of Hebrew talks about two persons here. Jesus and Melchizedek. 
Who is Melchizedek? Melchizedek is the king of Salem and the high priest of God. In the Old Testament and New Testament, only two persons that have these two positions, king and high priest, Melchizedek and Jesus Christ, these two persons. Melchizedek is a type of Jesus from the Old Testament time. The Bible says that no one knows his father's name, no one knows his mother's name, Melchizedek. No one knows how he lived this world. He has no birth date. He has no death date. No one knows. He is a type of Jesus Christ, the high priest. We're going to read more scripture here. Abraham is a type of believer who believe in Jehovah, believe in the Bible, believe in the Creator. And what happened? Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek. Christian give tithe to Jesus Christ. You may say we are not under the law anymore. No, this is before the law. Hebrew chapter 6 talk about and 7 talk about the relationship between Abraham and Melchizedek. Tithing before the law of Moses. You may say that, hey, pastor, you talk about tithing. I don't like it. I hope you like to pay tax. Because if you don't pay your taxes, you're going to be in jail. Because the government say that that taxes money belong to us. If you cheat tax, you're going to be in trouble. The same thing, the tithe belong to God. If you don't tithe, you have problem with God. That's what I can say. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 to 6 say, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, he is the king and he is also the priest, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. To whom, to Melchizedek, also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace without father, so no one knows the father of Melchizedek, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days, no end of life. No one knows when he arrived on earth and when he died. No one knows. But make like the Son of God. Remain a priest continually. Melchizedek is a type of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Okay, this is in the Bible, not my own idea. Okay. Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch, Abraham, gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithe from the people according to the law. Later on, the law of Moses said that you give 10% to the tabernacle or to the temple, and the Levite or the priest receive it. That is from their brethren. Though they have come from the loins of Abraham, Levi were the descendant of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them, Melchizedek, received tithe from Abraham and blessed him. You notice two words here, received and blessed. Everyone say received. God received our tithe. And what he would do? Bless you. Bless you. When you give tithe to God, 
God open the window of heaven, pour out His blessing on you more than you can contain. That is the way of God. Let me show the picture. Two pictures. One picture of Abraham came to Melchizedek and gave all the spoil from those kings that he killed and gave the spoil 10% of what he got from the battle. He won the battle and gave to Melchizedek. Next picture. And then what happened? Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Put the hand up and bless Abraham. You see the picture? Okay, that story is a type of our life that Jesus is our high priest and we give 10% of our income to him. Now, let me read from Hebrews chapter 7, 7 and 8 in the Amplified Bible. The Bible says, Yet it is beyond all contradiction that it is the lesser person, Abraham lesser person, who is blessed by the greater one, Melchizedek. Abraham lesser person, blessed by the greater one, Melchizedek. Furthermore, here in the Levitical priesthood, tithes are received by men. Now tithes received by the church, by servant of God, and who are subject to death. Why there, in the case of Melchizedek, they are received by one of whom it is testified that he lived perpetually. When you give tithe to God, you give to the one who never died. And he is eternal God. And what happened? He shall bless you. Amen? Picture of Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek. Melchizedek bless you. That's why Abraham was so rich. Abraham became the father of many nations. Today, we give tithe to Jesus, to his church, and we received the blessing from him. Look at Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 to 2. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest, Jesus Christ, who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Melchizedek is a high priest on earth. This is a high priest in heaven. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord elected and not man. Today, we give tithe to the high priest, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 6. But now, he has ordained a more excellent ministry. More excellent ministry. Inasmuch as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Everyone say, better covenant. Everyone say, better promises. The promises in the Old Testament were good, but we are living in a better promises. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the power of God on us. His promises in the New Testament time are better than the Old Testament. Can you imagine? Abraham lived in the Old Testament and gave tithe to Melchizedek, the high priest and the king. And that is the Old Testament, Old Covenant. Now we are living in a new covenant. We give to Jesus, the high priest, the king of all kings. We give to him. And he gives us better covenant and better promises. The question is, should we give him even more? 
better offering to Him. And when we give offering to Him, the tithe and offering, He gives us better promises. He's going to take care of us. Amen? Do you see the picture here, the parallel picture between Abraham and Melchizedek? Christians and Jesus. And Jesus promises the better promises. He is the high priest who will receive our tithe and he will bless us. Do you want to be blessed? I want to be blessed by the Lord. Now you say, yeah, Pastor, da, uh, Pastor Lau. No, I'm not Pastor Da. <laughs> Pastor Lau, you talk about Abraham, Melchizedek. That was in the Old Testament. Oh, that's before the law. How about New Testament? I'll show you right now. Luke chapter 20, 22 to 24. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Somebody came to Jesus and wanted to trick him with a question so that he would be arrested by the Roman soldier. But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a Danarius, whose image and inscription does it have? They said, they answered and said, Caesar's. Do you have American banks? What picture on there? The president of the United States. Do you have to pay tax? Do you pay taxes? What happens if you don't pay taxes? IRS is going to knock on your door and you're going to be in jail and you will have a fine, big fine. You pay much more than your taxes. In fact, think about this. You know, I never mind to pay tax. Some of you may have to pay 33%. Some of you pay 15%. But let us believe that God will bless us so much that we can have more than enough to pay taxes and have left over enough to enjoy life. But we should pay taxes because the taxes money will be used for the road, for the community, for the army, for the police department. We can receive protection. I'm talking about this is the principle, okay? We are not going to talk about political here. We talk about principle here. We, have, we can receive protection. We have a great army. We have the road every time I drive on I-5. Thank God I pay part of this. I put money in this freeway. They take care. So I tell you the truth. I never complain to pay taxes because I want to be a part to bless this nation. I'm an American citizen. So I should bless this land by my money. In the same way, we should bless his church where we receive the spiritual benefit, the protection, the teaching, the care, the love. We pay taxes to the government because we know the government take care of us. We pay tithe to God because we know God is going to take care of us. Luke chapter 20, verse 25. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. I will read from NLT, verse 25. Well then, he said, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to IRS what belongs to IRS. IRS will not have ambiguous idea what that tax money belongs to, who belongs to. 
They are not confused at all. They will never call you and say, uh, "Honey, that taxes money you don't need to send to us." They will not. They know that tax money belong to them, and you need to send to them. No if and or but. They will go after you if you don't pay taxes. So you need to understand: in every country, you pay taxes. In the Roman Empire, they pay taxes to Caesar. But give to God what belongs to God. What belongs to God, according to the Bible, the tithe, the tenth, belongs to God. Should we give tithe to the Lord, or should we cheat Him? He is a merciful, long-suffering, and slow to angry God. But if you keep cheating him, eventually he's gonna have to teach you the lesson. You will be in big trouble. I don't want to be in big trouble because I don't want to cheat God. Amen. Amen. We have two choices. First choice: I don't have enough income, so God, I'm gonna borrow your tithe and spend on myself all the days of my life. I will never give tithe to you. I keep borrowing you. Maybe I return to you when I go to heaven. That's one choice. Another choice is believe God. God gonna take care of us. God gonna give us some kind of breakthrough that we have more than enough money to pay tithe to the Lord. Two choices. I chose the second one. I chose to pay tithe, even though at that time my income was so small. When I started to be a neurosurgeon in Thailand, my income was two hundred dollars a month. Pastor Da income one hundred fifty dollars a month. Nothing. Because I work for the government, but we decided to pay tithe. Boom, income increased sixty times, because God see that I trust God, I have confidence in God, and I pay back to God. I give Him His portion. Everyone say His holy portion. Let's repeat one more time. His holy portion. Tithe. Doesn't belong to you. They belong to God. They are His, not yours. Luke chapter 11, verse 42. I'm gonna wrap up soon and give you some practical point. Jacob make a vow to the Lord to give 10% to God, and make a vow that I give to you. This is before the law, and you will take care of me, bless me, and take me back to my dad's home. And at the end, Jacob was a rich man with many children. In the time of Moses, Leviticus say, "The tenth sheep go to the temple." Now, in the New Testament, the Bible say Melchizedek received tithe from Abraham. You should give tithe to Jesus, your high priest. Jesus say from his mouth. What belong to the government, IRS? What belong to Caesar? Give to Caesar. But what belong to God? Give to God. Luke chapter 11, verse 42. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisee? For you are careful to tithe, even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe. Yes. Everyone say. You should tithe. This is from the mouth of Jesus, who speak this. Jesus, 
You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. That is the love, walk in love. Let me read from New King James Version. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass by justice and the love of God. This you ought to have done, this means tithing, without leaving the others undone. Jesus was very clear here that the Pharisee should tithe. Is that in the New Testament? In the time of Jesus? Did Jesus say you should tithe? If you want to argue with me, please argue with God. This is in the Bible, not mine. Yes, you should tithe. You should have done that. Don't cheat God. Don't rob God. Don't take what belongs to God. Keep it to yourself. Now, I want to give you my practical point. After I become a Christian for one year, I heard this message from the Baptist church, and I decided that I am going to obey the, the Lord. I'm not going to cheat God. I'm Pastor Da. I turned to Pastor Da. Pastor Da studied accountant. She remembered numbers very well. I don't remember numbers. I'm a neurosurgeon. She remembered one, three, four, five, six. Remember everything. She's an accountant. I turned to her and said, should we tie to God? I want to consult with you. I don't want to do this by myself. I want my wife to agree. She said, go for it. After that, we set up another account in the bank called God's account right away. And I still have that account today here in America. Every time I get a paycheck from my company, I, out of the top of that income, I put 10% into account, that account as tithe. I will never touch that money to buy anything, buy purse for Pasada or buy houses or do anything. That money belongs to God. And I don't have any right to make decision how I'm going to use it. God make decision because it is his, not mine. A lot of times people think, oh, tithe, yeah, I can put aside money, but I'm going to make decision what I'm going to use. No, God make decision, not you. I put aside that money. That is tithe. We have been tithing since 1982. And we never regret it. The income in our account keep growing. God has blessed us so much in every way. Bless my practice. God lead me to get the job in America, get the good training, get a good job in Bellevue and Kirkland. And God keep blessing me and I keep tithing. I say all these things. I started this church in 1988. I never take one penny from this church. I gave tithe to this church from the first day. And not only that, I have given offering to. Every time I have people at my house, I took people out for dinner, church members. I pay, not the church. I never send bill to the church and say, give me that amount because I feed this member. No, I put that money aside as offering, free will offering. When we give to the poor, we use our own money. We never ask for the church. When I and Pastor Dal travel to mission trip, 
The luggage is full of gifts, not our clothes. The gifts, Thailand, Europe, America, who pay for those gifts to give to the pastor, to the people there, she hand to everybody. We pay, not the church. All these years, we never take advantage of the church money. We give, give, give. We faithful in tithing, and we faithful in offering to the poor, to the widow, to the uh, orphans, to people who serve God. We just keep giving, and we never get poor. God bless us. In fact, every time we give, we get back more. For some reason, we give one thousand, we get back three thousand. We never outgive God. Tithe and offering. We have that account, and we use money in that account to bless the kingdom of God. I'm not the type of pastor who come and get money from the church. I give myself because I believe in giving. In the book of, wow, so quiet today. First Corinthians chapter sixteen verses one to two. Now concerning the money contributed for the relief of the saints, God's people, you are to do the same as I directed the church of Galatia to do. On the first day, Sunday of each week. Let each of you personally put aside something and save it up, as he has prospered in proportion to what he is given, so that no collections will need to be taken after I come. This scripture means this way. This morning I woke up. I prepare my teaching. I read this sermon the third time. From seven o'clock, I was reading third time to make sure I understand. Then, after I finished reading, I went to my briefcase, pull out a checkbook, and I write a check. Ready. When I come to church, it's ready here. I don't show up in the church, nothing, and then suddenly the offering back come by. Oh, uh, uh, um, five bucks. No, I calculate. I have an account. I know how much in there. All the tithe and offering are put in there. When I spend. This amount of money for feeding people at my house, I put money in there. I I spend on that money. I have a credit card that I can spend on that account. I set aside tithes and offering for the kingdom of God. I am prepared and ready to give every Sunday. That's what the Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 16. Before you show up, you get ready. God, you lead me to America. Jesus, you die for me. You save me. You bless me. You help me to get into University of Washington. You give me a job in Bellevue. You help me to serve you in this church. I never lack anything. I have more than enough. I have food to eat in my refrigerator. I can return the portion that is yours to you. And if I need to spend money on something else, I will not take this money. I will not take tithe to spend because this is God, not mine. This is ten percent to God, and God can use this in a church to buy equipment, to repair the building, to put air condition on, whatever, or to 
do the mission. Whatever God use, not my business. It is God's business. This is God's money. I'm not going to control this money. It's not mine. But I can use my money as an offering to feed the poor, feed members. Sometimes you come to my house, and we have throw a big party. Who spend that money? Not New Hope. I spend that money. I never ask New Hope to give me even one penny because I want to give the offering to the Lord. I went to Baltimore last week. We gave so many gifts to people around there. The archer, the pastor, worship team, we give. They know that we are not there to take. We are there to give. Before we fly on mission trip, Pastor Da busy at Bellevue Mall. <laughs> so busy. Bye, 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 bye. Pack the luggage. Ready? She plan everything. Write the name down. Sometimes gift card, $50 from uh, Nordstrom, from this and that. She write the name. She think and plan to give everything she planned to give offering to people. That is the lifestyle of the believer who knows God and who loves God and will never cheat God all the days of our life. And God take care of us. So many things in our life cannot be bought with money. I tell you. Your health, you cannot buy with money. Protection, you cannot buy with money. The salvation of your kids, you cannot buy with money. I want God to show favor to me. I want God to bless me. That's why I don't want to cheat God. I want to give back to Him what belongs to Him. Try God. And you will see. God will open the window of heaven. I don't want any member of this church one day standing before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. Jesus look at your eyes and say, Ah. You cheat me all these years. That is a little shaky house in heaven for you because you cheat me. You never give me what belongs to me. I want you to be faithful to God. Again, I preach this, I don't want your money. I'm not a poor man. I have more than enough to spend. Amen? In conclusion, tithing, is from the time of Abraham, Jacob, the time of the law of Moses, and the New Testament. Second, tithe, the tithe, the tenth, belongs to God. It is a holy portion. Don't keep it. Return to Him. Three, tithing is about covenant. I give back to you. You take care of me. I keep my vow. You keep your vow. I do my part, you will do your part. And we're going to walk together with the blessing. Is it clear? Now it's up to you. I never check how much money you give to the church. I never even check at all because it's between you and God. If you want to cheat money to God, it's between you and God. Your pastor don't know at all. I have no idea how much you give to God. It's between you and God. You need to be honest to God yourself. You know in your heart what you do. 
and God knows. Amen. Can I see smile? Wow, so serious today. When we talk about money, you still love me. How many people say that I will really be faithful in tithing? How many people want God to bless you? How many people believe God is your source? He will provide for you. He can open the door that you can open. He could do something that you cannot even imagine, but you need to do your part. To return what belongs to him, and don't keep that portion. It's not yours. The Bible is so clear. Give to God what is God's. The Bible is so clear. Tithe the tenth of your income is God's, not your money. Amen. I'm glad all of my three children tithe to the Lord. They tithe. I'm so glad they practice what the Bible say. Praise God. This is not about wanting your money at all. I want you to have right relationship with God, and I want you to experience what Abraham, Jacob experienced. I want you to be blessed. Everyone say, "God received,", God received. and He blessed me. me. That's what happened to Abraham. Amen. Amen. So we're gonna give to the Lord right now. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.